you talk to people on the same level, you, you don't get a sense of arrogance about you. I think that's, for me, is really important. Um, Be approachable. You're, you're organised and because a good supervisor or a leader, if he's running a job and he's organised, then all the subbies will be able to do their job efficiently and effective mm-hmm. and everybody makes money. Welcome to Construction Host. My name is Hudad and I'll be speaking with influencers in the construction industry. We'll learn more about who they are, what they do, and what's their passion at work and outside work. Remember, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel. Welcome to the show, Mari. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Let's start from first about what you do, Mari. Uh, obviously, you're working in Block. Uh, give a bit of background about what you do at the minute. Yep, we're a uh, construction company that's been going since 2011. It was an amalgamation of two different companies to right. become Block. Our history with the shareholders was we all lend lease people at some stage. We do work in Canberra, Newcastle, and a little bit in Port Macquarie. We do a lot of residential, multi-unit residential, a little bit of commercial, but probably 70-30. So what, what, is, what is your role in Block? Uh, I'm the quality manager. I go around the jobs. Um, we, we have processes and procedures that the boys need to okay. adhere to. Um, there's ITPs. There's there's design work that we do. There's, sure. There's a design manual mm-hmm. that we've formulated that we we need to get into our designs to make our jobs of high quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I focus on the big four, so that's the structure, passive, waterproofing, uh, and facades. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, okay. We we identified that we keep the water out. Mm-hmm. Um, we have acoustics as well. Sorry, my apologies. So it's, That's all right. It's, it's structured passive acoustic roofing. Mm-hmm. So we, we focus on those big four, especially in the residential. Yeah, so uh, I do some mentoring. We've got a lot of young blokes. So, mm-hmm. uh, do a bit of okay. workshopping with the boys. Um, yeah, let's, let's go back, sorry, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, let's go from even before that, to be honest. Where, if, if, if you would like to share, where were you born and grew up? Yeah. And, what, what was this, some uh, of the first job? Al- born yeah. in Albury. Yes. Uh, moved to the south coast of Maruya when I was 12. Uh, went to school there. My father's a builder. Um, started my apprenticeship with my father. Played a bit of Aussie rules football. Was that oh. the goal at the beginning, trying to get a... Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't that dedicated and skillful. <laughs> but, um, okay. Then moved to Canberra to, to play a bit of footy. Right. Um, but I was an apprentice to dad, so uh, moved up here and lucky enough to get on with Lendley. Mm-hmm. So they took over my apprenticeship in second year. Mm-hmm. So I finished a carpentry joinery apprenticeship with Lendley. Stayed there for 18 years. Went up the rank. Uh, yeah. Throughout yeah, different yeah. roles. Went from apprentice to leading hand to foreman, mm-hmm. the general foreman, they called them back in those days. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, last job was 2001. It was mm-hmm. the National Museum of Australia out there on right. Acton Peninsula. So that was a big job. Um, then I went out with my brother and another guy to start a company called Space Developments. Right. It's from 2001 to 2011, then amalgamated with the boys to become Block. Right. So 2011 okay. to present. Hmm. So that's about 38 years. That's a long time. In, in, in construction. If you like to share, what was one of the, like, some of the reason that you came out of land lease and wanted to start a company? Uh, I was at an age where you either did something different or you stayed at land lease and become a 35-year-old <laughs> land leasing. <laughs> so, sorry, wh- how old were you? Were t- uh, in 2001. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was 40, 38, somewhere. Yeah, there. something like that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there was a bit of an opportunity to do what I was doing, mm-hmm. but for ourselves. Mm. Um, so thought either do it now or you'll never do it. So sure. That was an influence, and that's what we did. Was it successful from the start, I guess, or was it challenges to get, uh, get it that? Was a, it was a bit of both. Yeah, we, we weren't huge, so we did uh, mm-hmm. multi-unit developments um so you were tendering and getting a job or you were billing for yourself uh a bit of both right yeah okay the first one was develop and build mm-hmm. so um and then we worked for some client units in Door. yeah so we were quite small it was only about saying i think in, mm-hmm. in the group what? a couple of buildings at a time and uh, yeah it was okay back then did you have a goal in your mind to get the company to where is it now or it just kind of organically happened? Yeah, it just organically happened. Yeah, so yeah. the amalgamation was important that there mm-hmm. was a, a good client there to sure to get hold of. So uh, that sort of ramped things up quite dramatically. I think when we started Block, we are about 45 people. And we've actually been up to 120. What? We sit at about 85, 90, I think. One from our side had a coffee with one from the other side. <laughs> and then decided... And, you know, there's this opportunity, there's a client and there's a lot of work to be... Okay. It's just simply a coffee and it went from there. The name Block, how did that come about? When we had our first group meeting uh, with the five of us, it was go away for a couple of weeks and write down some names. We agreed that we weren't going to use or hmm. both names and blend it fresh there is a meaning and that's when two parties come together for the right. goal or something so and then the marketing people mm. did what they did and put it all together and yeah mm. yeah and the way mm. it's written and how it presents makes sense two parties came together mm. so i would say you guys now as far as i understand established yourself as a one of the big players here in Canberra and Newcastle, mainly doing residential, high-end, luxury apartments. Uh, and uh, how do you see the future for Black? Is, is, that, some, is that a goal that you, you guys have or you have particularly in your mind or you just keep doing the same thing? Uh, yeah, we always want to improve and, and to have a name to to the product that mm-hmm. is of good quality. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. important, and I think this day and age it has to be. 
So. The Canberra market grew so dramatically in the past couple of years, I think, too. I don't know if there's... Do you, do you see a lot more competition that you think you need to differentiate yourself uh, sort more? Sort of, but we, we are happy to build and mm. not just go out and grab everything. It, it's mm-hmm. You could do that, but if you do that, then you will compromise on you know quality and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. So sure. we just sit... Uh, where we're comfortable, the right amount of jobs, right amount of people, and punch out a good quality product. Is there much challenges to be a builder now, this day and age? I mean, we all hear about uh, the cost of material that is growing. The, uh, I don't know, not many overseas investors are coming. And I don't know, new building commissioner now brought a new uh, set of rules. What's some of the challenges that you guys facing or you facing at the minute? It is competitive. Um, time is a key one. Time relates to money and all of those things when you build. So you can talk about the quality. Well, yes, the, mm-hmm. the commissioner is doing his bit, but hopefully we're ahead of that, and that's what it's all about, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, to, mm-hmm. to make sure we are compliant and we don't have issues with uh, things like that. Um, you've got to get the right subcontractors. Mm-hmm to assist with all of those things. Yeah. Um, Material is a problem, especially recently with COVID. Mm. Um, And that puts on a delay on the job and puts pressure on people to Mm. finish. We've signed a lot of people up on on the plan and they've paid their deposit and a finishing Mm. date. Um, So that pressure is always there. So it's a, a fine line and that's what you've got to try and perfect. How, how, how does a supplier can really help? Uh, well, you've got to get smart with the supplier. You've mm. got to look ahead a lot further these. Mm. And you might package up multiple jobs mm. to make sure that you've got enough material. Sure. Um, and everybody's found that out recently, that you can't ring up and get a truckload of chip rock mm. in two days' time. Yes. So that's been the challenge, the insulation... Um, you know, fire-rated corking was mm. nowhere in the country. So you've got to get a bit smart. You've got to have a big look ahead and procure that a lot earlier. Stay close to what your supplier is telling you and even go out there and make sure that it's it's there. And mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing is... Especially uh, paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't actually go up that high in compared to the others, uh, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But... Um, a bit more water. A bit more water. We just add up water. No, we don't. <laughs> what some of the steps, in simple word, you take not to have problems down the track and how a subcontractor or a supplier can help you? Oh, yes. It's, it's right from the, the get-go. So I mentioned we have a design manual, so we have a full criteria sure. of what we want in our buildings um, design-wise. So architects, structural engineers, all the engineers get that design manual and they make sure all because all of that design manual is being put together from lessons learnt mm. or mistakes that block actually out and kind yeah, of put so it we, there okay we meet and, and that's how we establish this this manual mm-hmm. so it's all about lessons learned what was good what's not good and in that manual in each discipline of the the build architecturally structurally acoustically Fire rating wise, it's in there as best practice, as best we could do. So that goes into the design phase. So that means it's on the drawings before the boys 
tender it on the sure. job. So that's process number one. And then we review all those details as the design progresses. Mm-hmm. And from that, when they build, the subcontractors and... Supplier. Block, well, not really suppliers, but more so subcontractors and our block supervision mm-hmm. have a full swag of inspection and test plans or checklists. ITPs, yeah. Yes, that they carry out throughout the build, all the way from mm-hmm. pre-pour. So there's a pre-pour on from board piers to suspended slab, slab on ground, mm-hmm. chopcrete, you name it, right through to pre-sheet, windows, waterproofing, right to the end. To make sure that's the designer is yeah, actually so followed. So the subcontractor yeah. s- submits his ITP, we do a checklist as well. Sure. Uh, we do a lot of testing mm-hmm. that's probably over and above, so we have independent consultants do waterproof testing, we do facade testing. We try and pick the best concrete that we can mix, we can make up with a low microstrain to stop shrinkage cracking. We, mm-hmm. we do extra mesh in exposed areas of slab to stop shrinkage cracking. Mm-hmm. So that alone is, is to get the concrete right and not rely on the membrane. So that's just an example, but that's the sort of thing that we, mm-hmm. we do right through the process. Okay. The supply can help. It's just like Dulux is a classic, mm. right? Sure. Is we, on every job, we want the best product that they can give us for the each different element. And we have that relationship now. We have an agreement sure. and we know. And then my boys know on the job that, again, it's wash and wear 101 on the walls and professional on the ceiling and elastomeric and Acrotex and mm-hmm. all the high-end products in your range that we use on our products, on our jobs. Sure. Um, and I don't know why, but a lot of the architects typically don't specify to that detail, like what's the actual system. They might just put wash and wear, or they might just put the name of the color. They don't actually put the full system as per substrate, which is for you guys as a builder, I think is very important. And um, I don't know if it's the same case in other areas, but in particular finishing packages i know in tiling is very similar it's just very vague um so if you look at tiling yeah then we start with the waterproofing and it all has to be compatible correct right to the ground yeah so that's that's an important issue that Mm. compatibility and when you go external to facade like painting external uh i don't know concrete or uh, brick walls sometimes you find I don't know. There's not a compatible system set there. I mean, in Sydney, some of the builders now uh, waterproof the edge of the slabs and upturns, and then they put their paint system at the top, and some of those are not compatible with each other, and we get call in and trying to fix that up. So, yeah. um, That's a big one. Compatibility. Yeah. So having that process, did that help a lot, I guess, Block to minimize some of those issues? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you try and do the best you can. Yeah. Um, you also need to make sure that you follow the manufacturer's specification. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's huge. So when you talk about lightweight cladding and mm. top hat sections and stuff, you must follow the manufacturer's specification. And obviously standards. There's no recourse when you go yeah. off and try and mm. do what you think's best. And it's a funny thing that you might pull someone up for doing something not quite right, but 
I get the comment I've been doing this for 20 years. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, you've been doing it wrong for 20 years and uh, this is how it should be done. So, yes. Uh, you cop a lot of that, but that's okay. You've been in construction game for quite some time. What, what do you particularly like about it? What do you like about construction? Oh, I think in general, the diversity of the people. Mm. Um, at the moment, it's the satisfaction of watching people grow and mm-hmm. um, mentoring and seeing them develop into good site managers and engineers and foremen and mingling with the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all sorts on all jobs. And mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I'd say that it, that's the best part. Yeah. I deal with a Develop. an architect all the way down to a steel fixer, so sure. uh, there's a fair diversity there. So is that a big part of Block to kind of keep people for a long time and develop them? Yeah, I think it's important to uh, train people up in the system. I mean, when you get a new person, it's a fair step back to, to get them back up. So, mm. you know, when, when the site managers and the foreman have got runs on the board and they've been around, they know... How the system works, how to talk Correct. to people. and it's so much yeah. simpler because they know what's not looking right or, well, we don't do that. But when you get a newbie, you've got to start that process again. So I think it's really important that you maintain your staff, uh, train them up, um, works better for everything. During your career, did you have any mentor and do you think it's important to have one? Yeah, I think it's important that you can talk to someone mm-hmm. and for me that's important it's I'm senior as in senior in the age but mm. uh, the boys don't have a problem in giving me a call or asking questions, asking questions. that might be slightly a silly question mm-hmm. but nothing's a silly question in my eyes so for me it's important that I'm approachable mm-hmm. and they can ring me for anything and when I was going through the ranks uh, it was important for me that there was someone there with experience that you could mm-hmm. just give a quick phone call because you were stuck and uh, get assistance. Yeah, you're always learning. Yeah. And, and things are changing and materials change. So you're always, always learning. The satisfactory part for me is to see the, the boys grow, mm-hmm. um, lots of experience or gain experience and um, see them, you know, go from, you know, a little greenhorn to a quite a, a seasoned, mm-hmm. experienced supervisor. Yeah, I don't need to... Do any, do any more than that. I, okay. You've done it all. That's... I haven't done it all, but um, I'm in a point where... We, we talked uh, a little bit about uh, the building commissioner and the new building laws. I'm not sure if that really affects ACT2 as much as uh, New South Wales, but having that full almost full design for at least structure, waterproofing, fire. It's something that he's focusing on before the construction starts. It's, how, do you, how do you see that? Do you think it's something good, what, what he's doing? And in general, did the industry need it a bit of, uh, I guess, attention? Oh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, especially from our point of view, that mm. we try and do the right thing, build good quality apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to compete with people that, yeah, need could cut corners or mm-hmm. not be as you know as much time, effort, and money because it all 
it all costs money at the end. Of the day, so. so they're getting called out now. So yeah, and and look, there's always going to be some shongsters, and you know that's that's the problem. And we all have a reputation. So when that gets tarnished, that yeah, all the multi-story residentials buck the shit, then we all cop that. We we all suffer that. The scrutiny goes on it, but uh, yeah, we need to have everybody on the same playing field. Is my view, and I think it's a good thing. Um, if people are doing the right things, they shouldn't be concerned by the commissioner. Sure, no, absolutely. And as you said, because of that, now it's kind of forcing everyone to play in that same field that you guys have been playing for so long. So uh, at least you know everyone get get a look in it with the same lens. Do you have some hobbies outside work that you would, you would like to share? Weekends, uh, well, how does that look like? I like a bit of fishing, Yeah. yeah play a bit of golf. I have a motorbike, so right. occasional ride's good. What sort of bike? Is it like a Harley? or No, no, it's a, an adventure tourer, BMW 1200GS. Nice. So you can go on the asphalt and off it. Mm. So, uh, Do you ride around Canberra or you go up to... I don't know. Uh, a bit of both, yeah. The the longer trips are the good ones where you sort of go the back trails and end up somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> it might take two or three days, but uh, mm. they're the fun trips. Where where do you fish? Around here? Or yeah, is down it the coast. Down the coast. Yeah. It's a two-hour drive. Right. Down to the south coast. And a brother has a boat and we go out and generally bottom bash, but um, right. sometimes go out wide. Hmm. Cool. So, I'm not very excited. I told <laughs> family, them, I told them <laughs> family, kids. Yes, I have three adult girls. Yeah. Uh, 29, 26, 23. Construction? Are they? No, no, none no, of them. No construction. Interesting. I have one that's a landscaper. Do you follow sports? I mean, you, oh, you I used love to sport. Yeah. And yeah. AFL in particular. So, uh, I'd like yeah. to go and watch a game or two. What, which team do you follow? Uh, the Swans. The Swans. Mm. Very good. And apparently Dulux have got a box at the SCG. So. Yes, uh, <laughs> we do. <laughs> part of this interview is to get two tickets to the uh, SCG, apparently. Sure. Mm. No, I, I definitely will put uh, a note on that. I like most sports and mm. um, I'll watch Fox Sports each night for the half an hour to catch up. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Golf, uh, are yeah. You, you say you're... I like, well, like watching it. golf as well. Watching golf. On the telly. Right. Um, lots well, of people don't. I'm not big on the American sports. It's probably the two that I don't... The mm. gridiron and the baseball. Not big on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love motorsport, so I go and watch the V8s and the mm-hmm. Formula One. But, yeah, generally I can watch anything sport-related. Mm. Great. I have a few sentences, topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just want to see what you think about it. Well, what's your first reaction if I say that? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is that okay? No? Holidays. Enjoyable. Do you have a favorite destination? Are you generally, you say, traveling a lot? Or you... uh, I don't travel a lot, but I love the beach and mm-hmm. the warm weather. Mm. Beach and warm weather. Yeah. Is it... Um, Where's the nearest beach from here, actually? It's down the coast. Yeah. Down the coast. A couple of hours. It's two hours, yeah. Public speaking. No. No? No. Really? No. It's funny. I can talk to the boys all day and not a problem, but I'm mm. not good in front of a group of Big people. Big group of no. people. Go to water. Really? Yeah, not me. 
clients meeting? I'm sure you had a lot of them, but it's more like people that you know. Yeah, that's sort of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's important? That you should be good at public speaking? Yeah. Uh, it depends There's... on your job. Right. I get by talking to the boys or the subcontractors. So, sure. Um, I'm okay with it. Okay. Cooking. Like cooking. Yeah? Mm. Mm-hmm. What, uh, <laughs> what type of dishes do you normally cook? Anything? Or uh, you... In the middle of winter, uh, right. I love to do a slow cooker on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my go-to. The lamb and a beef. and Yeah, yeah. Um, I can even do the curried sausages in the slow cooker. Ten hours, then special. Yeah, and... you can do a bolognese for ten hours in the slow cooker. <laughs> Very tasty. So... That's the go-to on the Sunday in the winter. During a week, do you cook much? Or oh, yeah. Cook most nights is probably mm. Monday to Thursdays where we try and get to. A bit casual on Fridays. Look, I'm happy to have a uh, homemade chicken schnitzel. Yeah? Yep, so make it from scratch. Uh, you can't beat that with, you know, panko breadcrumbs and uh, nice and fresh with a good salad. And, mm-hmm. I, love, I love a schnitty. Yeah, love a schnitty. So, um, <laughs> I think it's important that anything fresh is mm-hmm. so much better. Absolutely. Um, like seafood, can't beat a good flatty that you've cooked that day um, mm-hmm. on the barbie. Um, it's fresh and it's... Doesn't need no too much way. effort. And no. Fresh. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, fresh produce is... I'm big on that, that mm. go to the markets once a week. And it lasts for the week, so that's important. Awesome. I love cooking for people. It's good to... to, Yeah? Yeah, I think you get satisfaction out of chucking a good meal out for a group of friends or family. Innovation. How important is that as a builder to find new ways to do things? Yeah, I know, but uh, I do struggle with some of that, that some of the products that come out now Mm -hmm. don't need skilled labor to install and that frightens me a bit that we where we haven't got the skilled labor or we don't need the skilled labor to do some of the elements mm. or products that we met um, that has changed dramatically over the years that someone might youtube it the night before and turn up on your job and <laughs> be able to put lightweight facade on your job yeah youtube it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's the board's already cut and so on. So, mm. yeah, I'm not... I've seen it change dramatically over the years. Mm. Um, there's quicker, faster... Different wall system, different oh, facade system. It's the same as yeah. concrete walls and yeah. plastic... Formwork systems. Formwork got... systems and facade systems, a big one. You know, back in the day, you, you had a ticket and you were skilled at your discipline and mm-hmm. there's a lot of products that come out that <clears throat> you don't have to be a brain surgeon to install so mm. I am a bit reserved for that yeah. uh, they have these precast systems that now they bring in obviously a lot of it done in the factory and come to the site uh, and a little modular system of the building that they do everything off-site painted even and already and come and assemble it yeah assemble it all so i don't know what what do you think about that is that make life easier do you think is good the pot system for example yeah look there's some benefit in it it Mm. depends on your job and what your clientele is and what you're trying to end Mm. you know your end result will be 
does have some benefit, but you've... you've Cuts the human error a bit on site, at least. But then if something doesn't fit, then you have to redo it again fully, probably. I don't know. Yeah, so the pod has to come in early. Um, you have to have your outlets cast into your slab correctly. And yeah. You're going to have a step at the front door because the pod's quite high. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as people don't mind that as an end result, then... It's okay. It's okay. Hmm. Mm. Do you see a trend, though, in future is going to be more and more of that? Because there will be less people that they have that level of knowledge, maybe as you, that they could manage everything. Like there will be people that oh, they specialize in certain areas, and they're just gonna. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot more of that prefabricated, mm, uh, pre preassembled sort of systems. Yeah, I think there'll be a bit of that. I can see it in the fit-out world, um, bathrooms, shower trays, um, things like that. That. Okay. And some areas can minimise human error, which is the plus. So, yeah. It, it but it reduces the flexibility in some way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's a fine line, isn't it? Uh, there's construction tolerances and you have to be able to adapt. Yeah. Um, and if it's all modular and it's almost, uh, has to go in that way, then you, you, you're shot. Um, leader. What do you think about a leader? Uh, in our industry, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's someone that can communicate on, on all levels, as I said, from maybe the client, the client's rep, down to the, the steel fixer or the concreter on the... Mm-hmm. Um, you talk to people on the same level. You, you don't get a sense of arrogance about you. I think that's, for me, is really important. Um, Be approachable. You're, you're organised and because a good supervisor or a leader, if he's running a job and he's organised, then all the subbies will be able to do their job efficiently and effective mm-hmm. and everybody makes money. Mm-hmm. When you're not organised and your job's a shit fight and everybody's getting frustrated, one, you get cranky people, mm-hmm. and two, you, you're not getting the best out of your subbies, so you need mm. to... I think that's really important, especially in unit developments where... Time is money. Uh, and also you've got to be organised. So you've got mm. 10 units on a floor. You've got to have a good rotation of everybody following everybody. And if they're all efficient and doing their bit and get, getting their full day in, then mm-hmm. they're going to make money and they're going to be happy and uh, everybody's a winner. Is it something that you could learn, you think? Or some people are kind of born with it? Uh, it's all about your personality too, I think. You have that drive to manage people. And uh, yeah, to, and, yeah, and communication. If you're going to talk down to people or be rude to someone, then at the end of the day you might need a favour mm. or some extra work or time done. And unfortunately, because mm. you've been rude to them or you some people a- need a tune-up occasionally, there's no two ways about it, but generally... You should be able to communicate on the mm-hmm. same level. We say builder, but the actual kind of work done by subcontractors, isn't it? Builder don't actually build anything themselves. They just manage the whole process. So having that level of good communication and making sure the subcontractors are happy, they're all on the same page, I think that's kind of what makes a good uh, management of a job and leads to success. Is that right? That's right. So mm. the key is managing all those builders, if you like, the subcontractors and the different disciplines. Mm. So you've got to be organised. And at the end of the day, if they've had, 
they've gone in and got out on what they thought they were going to do and they haven't pulled things apart or done them twice or it is a success. Mm. What would you say to someone who wants to join the construction industry, someone, you know, young, either come out of school or uni, is it still a good industry to join and what that person kind of needs to do to be successful, be happy? Oh, yeah, it's still a good industry and it's always going to be there. It's all about uni degrees and there's construction management Mm -hmm. degree, I think. For Uh, for people that want to obviously go that path, but some, some people like yourself might be apprentice uh, of some sort yeah. and I think you need to pick the field in wh- which direction you want to go so you could be a cottage builder or you can be in the commercial type game multi-unit residential so you need to pick the arm at which direction you want because if you built 10 houses and you decide to come across then fair different game right um, so if you want to move up the ladder and, and be a, get be. experience and try and jump in one mm-hmm. or the other, I suppose. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and build houses and then have your own house building company, then that's fine. But in our world, I think, yeah, to get gain that experience, you know, and it doesn't matter if you've done the uni degree or you might be a subcontract carpenter or someone, but you need you a side go, experience. Well, I reckon I could have a go at this and um, get with one of the builders. And if you show enough promise, then someone... Mm-hmm have a, a look at you and um, mm. if you show a bit of that it's a bit of hard work I'm sure at the beginning yeah the the industry's uh, long hours and uh, hard yards yeah there's no two ways about it six days a week and it's in early and home late lots mm. of times because of concrete pours and all the rest of it yeah it takes its toll on you um, it's no nine to five mm. so you've got to be willing to put in the hours Mm. because that's what the job dictates but um, I guess it's rewarding at the end like, like if someone puts a hard yard will become someone like you maybe one day that you know have a company now and be part of the bigger picture building some of the very luxurious uh, apartments here in Canberra very good Is did, did you want to share something else that I didn't say before we move on no? no not really we covered everything yeah no yeah. Keep it to keep it simple. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Well, thanks a lot, Mario. No, thank you. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Good on you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. Mm-hmm.